The COVID-19 pandemic has seen a dramatic acceleration in the deployment of remote solutions across industry. Nice to have technologies that facilitated operations and collaboration from afar became gotta have technologies overnight. But avoiding fires transmission <laughs> among personnel is hopefully a relatively short-term benefit of remote solutions. But in fact, the full range of benefits they can bring is much broader and far-reaching. Hello, this is Keith Larson. I'm editor of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com. And welcome to this episode of our Control Amplified podcast, brought to you today with the support of Honeywell, a global leader solving industry's toughest problems with remote and autonomous solutions. Joining me today to discuss the far-reaching and longer-term business case for remote connectivity and solutions it enables is Arnold Marty Martin. He goes by Marty. Director of Process Control Technology for Air Liquide's Center of Technical Expertise. Welcome, Marty, and thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, hey, Keith. Thanks a lot. I love to talk about this stuff, and I really appreciate you reaching out to me to include me. You bet. You bet. Well, maybe to get things started, some of our listeners may not be as familiar with Air Liquide's operations. So, you know, obviously, they're a logical fit for remote connectivity and, and minimal local operator intervention. But can you share with our listeners a little bit more about your operations and why remote control really makes a ton of sense, even, even pre-pandemic? Sure, Keith. So Ehrlichied Industrial Gas, that's the biggest thing we do. And we have plants all over the place. I mean, several hundred throughout North America. It's very difficult to get the level of engineering and support we need at each of these plants because many times they're in isolated areas. Mm -hmm. And they're not typically very large plants, uh, but they serve a key function. So it's very important that we don't drop the ball on quality support to our plants, be able to support them from a DCS or control automation perspective, including remotely control them depending upon where the plant's located. Mm -hmm. uh, the other area that really made sense for us with regards to the remote control, or I should say remote access, mm -hmm. is each of the DCS vendors has their own solution. And that's really hard to manage, not to mention you got to work with OT and IT guys to open ports. It, it just becomes very difficult. And with regards to security, it's harder when you have many platforms. So I looked at several years ago, we had this special need. We had an older system. We had to get better at it. And so I wanted a common interface to all our site or all our control points within mm -hmm. each plant. And so I went after a new package. Also in today's world, we're trying to migrate towards more consolidated operations and control rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, we're running, the experience isn't there like it used to be. Yeah. And to be competitive, we are creating pockets of these operational control rooms that will control multiple plants. Mm -hmm. including communicating back to what we call a remote operations control center, which is where the big picture decisions are made to keep up our industrial pipelines. 
Okay, and we we had to have a secure package mm-hmm. because we recently, in the last several years, came out with a very strict digital security policy, and therefore, our previous solution just didn't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. So your timing was 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 pretty spot on in terms of of getting out well ahead of the uh, ahead of the pandemic in terms of. Uh, uh, you're going through the same process. I'm going to a say it was a, l- a lot more quickly. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say it's a little bit of luck. About five years ago, we typically we have an Alex program, which is a young engineers program out of college, uh-huh. and I wanted to come up with this new remote access package because my group, which supplies support to all these plants, had to have this. And it was imperative we have something good because we were complaining a lot about the current system. Mm-hmm. And so we, I spent a couple years looking at this in detail because it was a massive leap from what we had functionality to the new stuff and learning what was out there. So it turned out that was our saving grace in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hit it big just because I had seen a need, but obviously not what the future brought in terms of why we would have that need. And by the time when the pandemic hit, we were already well established with the remote control solution. And I remember my boss asking me weekly, can you guys log in? Are you guys going to be able to remotely log in? Because that was new for early key. Not everybody did that. But the automation guys always had to do that. That was how we, our laptops were our offices. Mm-hmm. And so we were used to doing that. And I, and I, I kind of laughed. I said, it's not going to be the automation guys that can't get in. It'll be whether the IT guys have enough bandwidth. Because once everybody has to go online, are we going to be able to get there? Yeah. And, it, and it turned out really well for us. Okay, great. Can you share maybe a little bit of the you know what your um, criteria were when you really looked at that solution um, for for remote connectivity? What what were your you know the checklist well, of so functionality that, that that you were looking for? Absolutely, had to be secure, completely mm-hmm. secure. It had to meet the stringent guidelines that our IT and OT group came up with. Mm-hmm. In addition to that. It had to have, it, we, we called it a privileged access management solution, okay? That is an industry term for a type of support remote access system. Mm-hmm. The other area that was extremely important to us is the ability to know exactly who is in the system, be able to record, have, have digital footprint of everything that's done because there's times mm-hmm. when Mistakes are made and there's no traceability, right? So we had to have that the other key function Was having access control at only the level the person needed, right? That was huge. Okay, don't give them keys to the kingdom if they don't need it mm-hmm. and the last one which I think is one of the very important ones It's been very difficult. You don't let vendors and third-party people easily access your systems mm-hmm. from the external world and at Ehrlich Key, that was a big no-no right 
And we had to have a way to what I call digitally escort our outside vendors or support person that would not normally have an end to our Air Liquide network, but can still perform and collaborate and help us one time without the ability to get back in. And so that was huge and it had all of that. And that has been absolutely, during the pandemic, that's one of the best features is because in order to include the number of new people that had to get in and see stuff, it would make the groups very large. So we were able to manage and get our support without requiring our vendors always to come on site. Mm-hmm. And they could still support us and keep operations going and troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. I think you were mentioning when we were talking earlier about um, being able to to capture um, what they did to resolve a problem as well. So you could reference that in the future. Can you talk a little bit more about that too? Yeah, it, every session is recorded and, and they have, uh, there's no way to modify or I should say remove or delete that recording so that there's always a a digital representation of what happened. Well, we also would use that to where we would log into systems or get specialized help. Our session would be recorded. Once we downloaded it, we can edit it and we create training videos, especially on obscure, difficult, troubleshooting that we needed, you know, to remind ourselves of, or how do you start a computer or how do you do something? Uh, It it became like a YouTube video for people. And that that was huge. That was massive because a lot of times we'd have the vendors come out at different parts of the year to do the same thing because no one could remember Mm -hmm. how to do it. Mm -hmm. And it was too complicated to document. And that certainly seems like it will serve you very well, even post-pandemic, just in terms of bringing forward that institutional knowledge from your retiring workforce, which we're all facing certainly as as we move forward, but a a way to kind of preserve that and reference it when when you have to go to procedures you don't do very often. That sounds like a really handy. Correct. Absolutely. Yes, that's that's definitely a plus. Any other... um, you know benefits that you can point to in terms of as part of of the um, the initiative that you'd been on. I know this started a few years ago in terms of doing your smart innovative operations that that started a few years back. And I know that efficiency and reliability were cornerstones to that. Has that helped achieve those goals in terms of reliability and efficiency that that you had set a few years ago? Um, yeah. So one of the big programs that I implemented was what I, I nicknamed uh, digital assistance, as in assistance as in people assistance, but it was our code name for our advanced process control and our ISA 106 sequential automation. Mm-hmm. So those combined formed a digital assistance package that would help control plants. That has created, especially the ACC, mm-hmm. benefits that have been exceeded what we believed we would get because we chose a really strong package and we had people uh, really dive in and learn this stuff. So now it allows us to, 
control plants remotely just by passing set points. Mm -hmm. And it's very stable. And because of the type of uh, package we chose, we can go very close to our, uh, our operating lines mm -hmm. and really maximize uh, energy savings or production mm -hmm. uh, for the same amount of energy stably. Because right. it's one thing to do it uh, and get close with APC that's not so strong. It's another when they can keep it super steady, it can absorb some of the disturbances yeah. without, going, uh, without getting in trouble. That's great. What about in terms of, of reliability? Are you doing diagnostics as well so you can head off Absolutely. any of that unanticipated downtime? Yep. Uh, so we're doing, we, we've got a full-scale predictive analytics program. That's absolutely key. Okay. Our, our large compressors, our, our major pieces of equipment, uh, we have a very good um, program in place that looks at this and makes decisions on whether we're going to be in trouble or not <laughs> so that we can head off problems. We're also committing to something that's been around for a long time, but not so many people did it. And that's uh, IO asset management. And that comes, that starts at smart transmitters, the smart okay. valves, diagnostics, being able to calibrate, being able to pull some of our work out of turnarounds so that we're not just blindly calibrating or blindly doing anything. We have diagnostics now and we have trends and now we can, manage that and get rid of paper loop folders and all kinds of stuff. That's, that's really huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, that allows, I was going to say, say allows the, the, the E and I guys uh -huh. to manage more. Yeah. And I think it's, it's critical to, I mean, it, experience shows that oftentimes when you're doing calibrations or have to pull an instrument out for calibration, you're more likely to cause a problem sometimes than you are to uh, improve accuracy. So if you can figure out which ones you should not pull, you can certainly increase reliability and eliminate problems that way. As well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hit us. That's definitely hit us. And I also uh, was very adamant about the virtualization mm -hmm. of all of our automation computing assets. Right. Because, we're not in the hardware business of maintaining computers. They, they just cause too many problems. When you virtualize and you use the right solution, you can remotely monitor, you can do all types of things, including better backup, better recovery, and it takes a support element and, and we can consolidate that to one group versus when they're physical assets at the plant, it becomes more problematic to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. So do you have redundancy schemes that are on site or do you have actually um, control that's done remotely where you can back up a, a remotely over a connection if you have to? So we, we, have our, we have our local plant solution. We have not migrated to the cloud on everything. There's certain aspects of say enterprise historian that is but mm -hmm. when it comes down to the basic control layer we're still localized hmis and and the like uh that is done locally 
okay, virtualization locally, but all of that is connected back to corporate network. And because I, uh, I'm considered a disruptor to some of our uh, DCS vendors, I, I think they, uh, they look at me and kind of cringe because I always come up with something new. I'm always challenging them. And I took, uh, I took on Emerson and I'm taking on Yokogawa and we're introducing a, an entirely new virtualization platform that works really well, that's world-class for us, and is one of the better systems out there. And that took a lot of testing and took a lot of a leap of faith because the vendors were not so keen on allowing me to use my solution. But yeah. now we've done it for a couple of years, and it's working out really well for us. Great. Congratulations on that. So has um, you, you, you mentioned that it's uh, been well received there, at least for the, the automation guys during the doing the remote access. Has that been leveraged by other parts of the organization now? Uh, some of the, the stuff you tested out um, has IT taken and run with your, your solutions for the automation group? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, in our OT group, yeah. which is our operations technology slash IT. Yeah. Uh, I work with them to help put together a team that now is supporting our virtualization efforts are the ability to get the right bandwidth to get applications in and out of the plants. Uh, they work very closely with us. They really like our remote access solution as well they they jumped on board they managed that for us it went the remote access solution is now early keyed worldwide mm -hmm. and the worldwide community got into it and they even automated it further where through corporate um interfaces you can add and subtract people without having to do it locally mm -hmm. anymore so it's it's really taken off and, and become a really nice Solution and we, we it's it's codenamed Sira for Secure Industrial Remote Access F I R A. Sounds like you might need to commercialize this uh, this solution. Yeah, <laughs> we love to come up with acronyms. Absolutely love but, it. I, you know, it's hard to keep up with them all, actually. Oh yeah, I mean you've got your own. I mean it's, it's our industry has its own sets. That's for sure. And you've got to layer a few on top. So no doubt. Yep. Yep. So yep. speaking of people, um, what what implications? Do you see, you've obviously got an increasingly remote and autonomous operations paradigm. Um, what effects is that having on company cultures as well as are there changes in the sorts of skill sets and jobs and titles that go with them that you will be needing more of in the future or, or what's your take? Absolutely. On yep. Yeah. So when we consolidate plants and we don't have as many full-time staff at any one plant, we're developing uh, new roles. One of those roles is called multi-tax. Mm -hmm. And they're operations slash E&I somewhat combined. And then they would be in charge of, say, a group of plants. So they kind of rotate. But that's only possible when you've provided enough automation to where the plants can be remotely controlled mm -hmm. and you can remotely, or I should say, assist the local people to start up the plant or start up equipment because mm -hmm. oftentimes it might take more than one person mm -hmm. to go do this. 
And so we have to supply the automation where one person can do it and feel comfortable and confident that we're going to get them from A to Z mm-hmm. and not create a problem. Mm-hmm. So, so technicians that are a little bit more of a generalist, but they're assisted by digitally enabled technology to do a, a wider variety of tasks. Is that, that fair to say? Correct. Exactly correct. And then we have some uh, corporate functionality. It's part of what we call our lead center, and that stands for Leading Enterprise Analytics and Diagnostics Center. And they're they're constantly looking at the streams of data coming out of the plant and deciding whether we've got issues or if they see problems, be able to direct the right experts to create it to solve a problem that hasn't manifested itself yet necessarily or go back and do root cause and help us solve problems faster because it used to be only at the local level and there may not have been enough expertise to to go full circle on on the analysis so that's helping us because we're putting a lot more investment in automation and the optimization of our plants, this stuff has to work because you can only improve what you can measure. You can only control what you can measure. And if you don't have a strong KPI program or people holding it, holding what you're doing accountable, it's you're lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. The last one that we have above and beyond some of the local pockets of control centers where we're consolidating is our ROCC, which stands for Remote Operations Control Center. Mm -hmm. And that's where they make big picture decisions on where plants along our pipelines have to run to maintain our pipeline load properly. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly setting through the optimization uh, routine. They're setting set points at local and so we have to provide the automation that gets these set points there confidently without creating a problem. Okay, obviously you have to have watchdog logic. You have to have all kinds of things so that you know when you write something, it's going to be exactly what you asked it to do. And then the automation has to get it there cleanly, safely, without the high-level people having to get involved. Yeah. So that's kind of what our new look is we're going towards. All right, great. Well, hopefully before too long, it won't be the pandemic that that, that keeps us <laughs> isolated from each other, but you, these these uh, solutions will certainly continue to reap benefits, I think, well into the future. Sounds uh, impressive. Yeah, I think that too. And one of the things that I'm, I'm starting to see is my group in particular, I the process control technology group and mm-hmm. and we're kind of the owners of a lot of this automation yeah. is my group is becoming stronger and more important as we build more automation and i see that across the board in a lot of industry the automation folks are finally going to become the top dogs because <laughs> they're the ones that are going to work with process and they're going to be the ones that know how all this stuff works because there won't be as many people at the at the local level that can do this. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think all 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 of uh, all the process industries are struggling with some of that same dynamic and how to 
leverage the capabilities of fewer um, of subject matter experts across a, a larger fleet of fleet of assets. So thanks for leading the charge and showing us the way. Love to do it. It's uh, I want to give back the industry too by just kind of telling my story. Uh, and I appreciate you asking me because I, if I can help just one person, because I know when I'm listening and I hear that one thing I need to hear, yeah, and it helps me and saves me time. That's huge. Yeah, certainly. Well, thank you for being being open and sharing, and I'm sure we'll we'll have you back on on the podcast again before too long. If I if I have my way about it anyway. So thanks so much, Marty, for taking the time to share your insights today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Keith, for including me. I you know you always can call me. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. And I think uh, after this airs, you might be getting some listeners tracking you down as well. So uh, absolutely, glad you're you can publish my telephone number right, and an email address. That's fine because if I can, people want to know. I'll be glad to talk to them. All right. Well, I will put that on the uh, on the on the on the landing page for the podcast, so uh, people can track you down. So for those of you listening, thanks again for tuning in. It's been a great great podcast, great uh, great session here with with. Uh, with Marty. Thanks again also to Honeywell for sponsoring this episode. I'm Keith Larson, and you've been listening to a Control Amplified podcast. Thanks for joining us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe at the iTunes store or Google Podcasts. Plus, you can find the full archive of past episodes at controlglobal.com. And again, my guest today has been Arnold Marty Martin with Ehrlichied Center of Technical Excellence. Thanks again, Marty. Really appreciate it. signing off until next time.